Hey everybody, it's Pastor Chad. Today is Sunday, March 20th, 2022. Um, what I'm doing today is just a brief introduction to uh, what's going to be next week's message. Um, uh, last week I was contacted by people about last Sunday's message, Battling Depression. Uh, people that appreciated the message, people that had questions, uh, people just sharing that it's something that they've struggled with. So obviously, uh, we came upon a topic that is very important to people and seemingly to be very relevant um, with people right now. So with that, I decided, you know what, maybe I should continue along this vein and continue to to address the topic of depression. And as I was doing so, uh, I'm reading a book called The Treasury of David by Charles Spurgeon, uh, in which it's just a collection of his comments throughout his life. Uh, like myself, he loved the Psalms and then all of the different commentaries and uh, quotes that he had included uh, through in his own studies from other Christians who he had studied throughout his life. So the treasury of David is just, uh, it's, it's what it, it name and its name implies. It is a, a treasury of just, um, beautiful, uh, commentary and quotes from different, uh, giants of the faith that the Spurgeon had studied regarding how they looked at the songs, how they learned from them, what a blessing they are. Uh, in reading this book, I was going through Psalm 51, uh, Monday morning after I preached about depression on Sunday. And it just struck me how that Psalm could be so helpful um, in helping people mature in our faith and overcome things like depression. So I decided to just really delve into that Psalm and I have extensive notes on it. Now I've been writing on it every morning this entire week and uh, I'm still not done. So I figured I'd just do a brief introduction to it and then we'll dive into it next week. So let's pray and we will get into it. Heavenly Father, we thank you that once again, we're able to gather here uh, and to uh, learn of you, to hear from you through your word and to uh, hopefully learn how to apply your word so that we can overcome the things that trip us up, the things that cause us to stumble, the things that might tempt us and draw us back into sin, the things that lead us into depressed states. And Lord, I just ask that you would uh, bless this message and all the messages uh, relating to this topic, and that it would be helpful and a blessing to everyone who hears them. May your name be praised in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so again, like I said, the, the title is uh, Battling Depression, Part 2, and it's an introduction uh, to what will be next week's message. And as I mentioned, I was reading uh, Psalm 51, and I was reading Spurgeon's comments and the other comments that he has included in his book, uh, Treasury of David. And as I was doing that, I just started thinking about it. And this is what I wrote in my notes. Um, I just wrote, last Sunday, I preached on battling depression, and through it, hope to provide inspiration of ways to focus our minds and turn our spirits to things that are positive, uplifting, reflecting the light of Christ. I believe the things I spoke of were all good. However, if we don't address the core cause and reason for all depression, we may end up in the worldly habit of moving continually from one self-help method to another, making ourselves feel better for a while, but still following, falling into depressed states at times. 
It seems the best way to grow, to mature, to truly rise above the human tendency of depression is to develop the constant practice of searching ourselves diligently to uncover our sins and iniquities, the things that hinder our walk with the Lord and bring them, bring these things before him with a broken and contrite heart, seeking his grace to wash and cleanse us of the filth of sin. And when I refer to sin there, I'm referring to original sin. I'm referring to sins that we may have committed. I'm referring to the guilt of sins that may haunt us from our past. Or, or our recent history. I'm referring to hidden faults, hidden sins that we might not even be aware of. But I firmly believe that every form of depression at its root cause goes right back to sin in a variety of different ways. And in the most, I guess you could say in the most innocent context, you could say it just goes back to the fact that we are born in original sin. But really, if you look at the things that cause us depression, Sin will always be the root cause of that. And so that's what we really need to address. Uh, one of my favorite quotes is from Socrates, and he said, the unexamined life is not worth living. And I, I really believe that that is true. Um, and this is what Psalm 51 very much talks about. As Christians, we should constantly be examining ourselves. Like Paul said, examine yourselves to, to make sure that you are still in the faith. We should be examining ourselves diligently, uh, not being afraid to uh, shine the light of Scripture on ourselves and the light of Christ and see what it is that, that we need to address, what, what it is we need to improve on, where we should be trying to grow, what sins we need to overcome. Like, like David said, show me my hidden faults. He wanted to be pure before the Lord. And David is one of the best that we have in scripture to learn from uh, what it is to overcome depression and to uh, strive to be more conformed to the image of Christ. So what I want to do today before we get into this message next week that we'll really dig into uh, Psalm 51, and really what I think I'm trying to do right now is it seems like in these times in which we live, where we've had two years of just uh, so much darkness and just being inundated with lies and fear and deception, you know, and now that in the last week, you know, they've started to put hints out that, you know, those, those who are supposedly in control of, of what goes on in America saying, you know, we really need to prepare because we might need to do more lockdowns in the fall. So it just seems like they're going to continue with this dark agenda until enough people wake up that we just say, no, enough is enough. We're done with it. But the point I'm trying to make is, because of this darkness, because of what's going on in the world, I think we need to be looking at the Bible in the sense of application. You know, we can study the Bible, we can uncover its truths, we can pray for the Holy Spirit to enlighten us and show, show us what the Lord wants to, to teach us through the Word, but we need to learn how to apply it. And, and I believe that the Bible obviously is applicable in different ways through each person's life. In different seasons, we use the Bible in different ways. We're, we're, we use God's word in different ways. We may use it to convict us of sin. We may be using the. We may be going to the word, and it's it's a comfort. We may be going to the word, uh, and it's uplifting. Right now, I, I believe that it's a comfort. It's uplifting. It, it's helping us on so many levels. But but very much, we are in a time in which we need to pray that the word would be applied. That we would learn how to apply the things that the word blesses us with so that we're armed against what's going on in the world. And we're not brought down as everyone else is, as they're just going through this constant, you know, attack of all this, 
like I said, the lies from the media and all the things that are going on in the world with rumors of war and everything else. So uh, with that in mind, to preface next week's message, what I want to do is I want to give a little background uh, of what Psalm 51 is all about. And to do that, uh, we need to look at 2 Samuel chapter 11. And if you've got your Bibles, I would just ask you to turn to that. And I'm going to read the whole chapter. It's not real long. But 2 Samuel chapter 11 sets the stage for the psalm from David, Psalm 51. It will put it in the context of where his mind probably was, where his spirit was when he wrote Psalm 51. So if you've got your Bibles, turn to uh, 2 Samuel chapter 11. And it says, in the spring of the year, the time when kings go out to do battle, David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they ravaged the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah, but David remained at Jerusalem. It happened late one afternoon when David arose from his couch and was walking on the roof of the king's house that he saw from the roof a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful. And David sent and inquired about the woman, and one said, Is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? So David sent messengers and took her, and who so David sent messengers and took her, and she came to came to him, and he lay with her. Now she had been purifying herself from her uncleanness. Then she returned to her house, and the woman conceived, and she sent and told David, I am pregnant. So David sent word to Joab, Send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent Uriah to David. When Uriah came, David asked how Joab was doing and how the people were doing and how the war was going. Then David said to Uriah, go down to your house and wash your feet. And Uriah went out of the king's house and there followed him a present from the king. But Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with all the servants of his Lord and did not go down to his house. When they told David Uriah did not go down to his house, David said to Uriah, have you not come from a journey? Why did you not go down to your house? Now, David obviously wanted him to go to his house because he wanted him to sleep with his wife. So he would think that the child had been conceived through him. Uh, why did you not go down to your house? Uriah said to David, the ark and Israel and Judah dwell in booths. And my Lord Joab and the servants of my Lord are camping in the open field. Shall I then go to my house to eat and to drink and to lie with my wife? As you live and as your soul lives, I will not do this thing. Then David said to Uriah, remain here today also, and tomorrow I will send you back. So David's first plan to save himself from this predicament he was in failed. So Uriah remained in Jerusalem that day and the next. And David invited him and he ate in his presence and drank so that he made him drunk. And in the evening, he went out to lie on his couch with the servants of his Lord, but he did not go down to his house. In the morning, David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. In the letter, he wrote, set Uriah in the forefront of the hardest fighting and then draw back from him that he may be struck down and die. And as Joab was besieging the city, he assigned Uriah to the place where he knew there were valiant men. And the men of the city came out and fought with Joab, and some, and some of the servants of David among the people fell. Uriah the Hittite also died. Then Joab sent and told David all the news about the fighting. And he instructed the messenger, when you have finished telling all the news about the fighting to the king, then if the king's anger arises, and if he says to you, why did you go so near the city to fight? Did you not know that they would shoot from the wall? Who killed Abimelech, the son, the son of 
Jerubasheth? Did not a woman cast an upper millstone on him from the wall so that he died at Thebes? Why did you go so near the wall? Then you shall say, your servant Uriah the Hittite is dead also. So the messenger went and came and told David all that Joab had said to him, had sent him to tell. The messenger said to David, the men gained an advantage over us and came out against us in the field, but we drove them back to the entrance of the gate. Then the archers shot at your servants from the wall. Some of the king's servants are dead, and your servant Uriah the Hittite is dead also. David said to the messenger, Thus shall you say to Joab, Do not let this matter displease you, for the sword devours now one and now another. Strengthen your attack against the city and overthrow it, and encourage him. When the wife of Uriah heard that Uriah her husband was dead, she lamented over her husband. And when the morning was over, David sent and brought her to his house, and she became his wife and bore him a son. But the thing that David had done, displeased the Lord. So how do you think David, we know he was a man of God, the way he was chosen to be king. He defeated Goliath. He was given all the special, uh, the special supernatural deliverances through the power of the Lord. The Lord was working in his life so visibly and so profoundly from the time he was a boy. And now he commits these sins, the sin of adultery, the sin of having a person, a man who was very loyal to him, slaughtered in battle. So he committed murder. And the thing you got to understand during these times, for kings to do such things as this would not have been totally out of the question. They quite often could do whatever they wanted, and they were considered immune from prosecution of these things. But David was a man of God. And think of how these sins must have weighed on him when he began to be convicted of them and what they must have done to him spiritually. If ever there was a, a time in David's life when he really had an excuse to be very depressed, it would have been during this time. And that is when uh, we read a bit of what it was his mindset when he came to repentance and he was seeking forgiveness from the Lord in Psalm 51. So now I'm just going to read Psalm 51, which follows on this. It says, Create in me a, me a clean heart, O God. Psalm 51 to the choir master, a psalm of David, when Nathan the prophet went to him after he had gone into Bathsheba. Nathan the prophet went in and called him out on it. He said, You have sinned horrendously. The thing you have done, you have done before God. And he called him out on his sin. Psalm 51 says, Have mercy on me, O God according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. 
Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. For you will not delight in sacrifice, for I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. Do good to Zion in your good pleasure. Build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will delight in right sacrifices, in burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then bowls will be offered on your altar. So we get a glimpse when we read through that of David's condition when he realized that he needed to be forgiven by God for the horrendous sins that he had carried out. And that's what we'll delve into deeper next week. And I'll just give you a couple ideas, just a couple of quick quotes here in the introduction to Psalm 51 that I'm reading in, in Spurgeon's The Treasury of David. Uh, Victorinus Strigelius says, This psalm is the brightest gem in the whole book and contains instructions so large and doctrines so precious that the tongue of angels could not do justice to the full development. This psalm is often and fitly called the sinner's guide. In some of its versions, it often helps the returning sinner. Athanasius recommends to some Christians to whom he was writing to repeat it when they awake at night. All evangelical churches are familiar with it. Luther says there is no other psalm which is often or sung or prayed in the church. This is the first psalm in which we have the word spirit used in application to the Holy Ghost. And that second quote is from a man named William S. Plumer. So like I said, I've, I've, I've spent the entire week studying this psalm, and I believe it is one of the most powerful tools we have in Scripture if we look at it and we try to apply it in overcoming depression and overcoming the things that we suffer and we struggle from as Christians in this world because we are still in the flesh. We are still in the world, but not of the world. We're striving to overcome and have victory over the flesh through the power that we have because of the cross, because of Jesus Christ. So next week, we'll, and I may go on to a fourth week with this topic, it just depends. But next week, I think you're going to really enjoy breaking this psalm down and seeing how we can use it to live lives of self-examination. Because like I said, Socrates, and I'm not claiming I'm a disciple of Socrates, but that is just one of the best quotes in history. The unexamined life is not worth living. And I firmly believe that if you want to have victory over depression, you must live an examined life. You must have the guts to look at yourself and be willing to uh, expose yourself to the light of scripture, to the light of the truth of the gospel, and let the Lord cleanse you of whatever it is that, that's causing these problems. So we'll tackle that next week in depth. We'll start to, okay? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this opportunity again. And Lord, I just ask that uh, this message especially would be a great blessing to everyone that hears it. Uh, those that are uh, walking in darkness, those that are lost and not uh, walking with you or abiding in you that cannot that have no assurance of salvation, that maybe it would open their hearts to the truth that the only true light, the only true way, the only true life is you. Uh, 
and for our brothers and sisters that abide in you and those of us that are striving uh, to be conformed more to your image, but we are still uh, held back in so many ways by the darkness of this world and by the snares of the, the dark side and the trappings that this world sets up for us, that maybe these messages would give us that extra strength that we need, that it would uh, strengthen our faith and deepen our belief and uh, bring us to a, a greater level of victory and overcoming the sins of the flesh and overcoming the things that depress our spirits and bring us down and that we may, we may raise further up into your glorious light. And we just thank you and praise you in Jesus name. Amen. All right, you guys. So please, um, you know, mark it on your calendar. If you're in messages, I'd love to have you back here next week. If you get a chance, visit elephantwalk.net. We don't have our new products launched yet. They'll be coming out soon. Uh, elephantwalk.net. And you can find us on the web at thewayr122.org. You can find the podcast at christianpodcastcommunity.org. Just search for The Way Radio in the search field. We're on Rumble at The Way R122. And you can donate at thewayr122.org. Just go to the donate page. And like I usually say, we need all the help we can get. Um, the podcast is growing. We're now, uh, I think we're at like 16,500 downloads. So the podcast is growing exponentially. I've got a couple invitations in the last week to launch the podcast on new platforms. So I'll probably be doing that. So the Lord is just blessing that. We're reaching more people through the ministry. Um, I'm really starting to pray about more ways to help the people that we uh, are close to in Kenya, how we can help Patrick. And there's a woman there who I would really like to start helping with her ministry. So I'll share more about with more about that with you guys in the coming weeks. Uh, but yeah, just if you could, please consider helping us continue with what we do. Just go to the way r122.org. All right. Thanks so much, you guys. We will be back here next week, same time, same place. And we will delve deeper into the topic of battling depression. All right. God bless you guys. Thank you.